Welcome to Spark, a mother-daughter journey. Hello, Sophia. Hi, Jen. How's it going? I'm doing great. Okay, so today... Yes. We have a special guest. Very special. Very. It was really hard to get him into the studio today, actually. He's just so busy. So And like busy. in high demand, like all the time. Yeah. yeah. So he finally agreed and we were like, yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it'll be a fun experience for everyone. <laughs> Although we kind of had a bit of a argument before we entered the studio. We did? What was the argument? Yeah. And he said something like, I'm going to share the real truth about relationships. (laughs) Oh, shoot. (laughs) Live on the pod. My husband, Sophia's dad. He's making a return because he was on the podcast before. The notorious, infamous Blair Abbas. Thank you so much. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. George Costanza. Yeah, very much so. Okay. I wanted to get him and you both on the pod today because we're talking about relationships. And I just feel like your relationship is such a solid example of what a functional marriage slash couple can look like. Wow. And it's been incredible for me to have you guys as role models. Obviously, you're not perfect all the time, but I just wanted to like really debunk like some myths about relationships and also um, how you guys make it work. Mm-hmm. What's your winning formula? Yeah, we are 22 years together. I think that the first thing that came to mind when I came down here mm-hmm. was something I heard a long time ago, and it was, don't look for the perfect relationship or the perfect person. Right. Become the perfect relationship oh, or I the love perfect that. person. You mean for yourself? For anyone, like we're always looking outside of ourselves to find someone that's going to make us feel complete. Right. We had this conversation on a walk about feeling complete with another. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's not about being complete with another. It's being complete with yourself first and then moving forward. So I think that what you see happen between your mother and I is that Mm -hmm. I don't need her in the sense of that completion to make me feel complete. Right. Uh, You're not dependent on her. No, we have more of a symbiotic relationship Mm -hmm. where we both help each other move forward. Yeah. And when I'm strong, she needs help. And when I need help, then she's strong. Right. So you guys will, this is interesting. I have two things to add to this. It's two things that I've heard before surrounding relationships and the first is that you need someone else to complete you like a circle, like you're both two halves. And when you come together, you're finally whole. And I feel like that really fosters dependency on another person because it kind of reiterates the fact that you're not allowed to feel whole without being with another person. Mm. So secondly, I hear a lot about this 50-50 thing in relationships. And I heard a woman talk about this where she was like, Her and her husband will come together and be like, okay, what can you give to this relationship right now? And if it's 25% because work or something or uh, there's family stuff going on, then the other person knows to pick up that percentage. Yeah, Yeah. that was Brené Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love that ideology because sometimes in relationship, one can't give 50-50 all the time. Right. Um, And so I feel like it's more of like an ebb and flow. I mean, I'm not talking from experience. I've never been in a relationship before. But 
I feel like that's what you two do really well. That's so cool. You're able to compensate for one another. This is so cool to be here with you, Blair. Yeah. You know, who I've shared my whole life with for 22 years. And then to be here with you, my daughter, who's been a part of this family unit, but also witnessed Blair and I engage with each other. So it's pretty cool. Two things that I want to say about that. Instead of two halves making a whole, I really like the image of two round circles Mm -hmm. crossing. Oh, like a Venn diagram. Yeah. So that there's there's an aspect of each circle Mm -hmm. That's crossed and blended. Yeah. And yet there's a part of us, part of the circle, which is representative of the individual, that's still individualized. Yeah. And that image fosters more of an interdependence, which is so necessary for a relationship. Right. Because without in some form of interdependency, it's not a relationship. Mm-hmm. And yet we still have that individuality. And Blair is you're just very much an individual. You know what you like and you know what you need to live well. And you're out there walking every day, doing your thing, reading the books that you want to read that are not compatible with what I want to read. And you watch the movies that really fire you up. And so you've got this independent life and yet we share so much together, like parenting, our our relationship and our work relationship. So yeah, there's this cool interdependency that that I think we do quite well. And I too need my solo time. You know, my spiritual practice is not something right. that I share with anybody with other another. than yeah. myself and and source. So that is that is important for me, and it's important for me to always be growing and learning, which I do solo. And then I just think that you and I, Blair, it, we we do it really well. And you might argue because I think yeah, you grew up really early, and I think your childhood was parentified, so you you know, we're forced into kind of an adult role at a very young age. And so I think your tendency is to kind of just do it yourself. And so... Oh, that's really interesting. Yeah, he's very independent. Like, you do so much. Like, Are you less inclined to ask for help? Like, is being in a relationship and having to share certain responsibilities difficult for you? No. I think that I have a lot of energy, so I can do a lot of things. You do a lot. Yeah, you do a lot of energy. So it's not so much trying to put more into the relationship. It's just that that's just the way I am as a person. So I like doing things. Everyone's looking for these relationships to fulfill them. Either they are in a relationship or they're looking to get into one. And what I find somewhat sad is that Many times we use poetry, we use movies, and and I, I love them. I love sappy, sappy movies. Right. And I know that they're just fantasy. And what I feel sorry for are people that think that that is actually the way relationships work. 
the idealistic view of what they are. Yes. And, yeah. and relationships mm-hmm. are work. Right. Yeah. Right. Anyone that tells you that it's not work, then the, either they're lying to themselves or they're lying to you. Right. So it takes a lot of work to have a relationship that is fulfilling for everyone involved. That means right. you, Sophia, Bella, Jenny, and myself. Yeah, especially yeah. with so, kids. I feel there's an yeah. added factor. I agree. And I think that our society today has just done so much damage in presenting the the image of the ideal relationship. And the reality is, is that relationship is wrought with um, challenge and, like you said, hard work and the occasional disappointment and messiness and complication. Like, it's, yeah, it is. It's not clean cut and it requires. It's not black and white. It requires daily work. And I think for both Blair and I, we we both became maybe disheartened or just chose to press pause Okay. And wait. And you waited a long time. Yeah, you did. I waited eight years before I entered another relationship. And what is also interesting is that one week after we got together, or two weeks, we went into therapy. Yeah. We knew that we were meant to be, because I I do believe in the spiritual side. So I believe in the romantic side. I know that if you've done your work and you listen to your heart of heart, that the truth comes through yeah, and then you're able to see the person as they are. And when I saw you, I knew that you were the person for the rest of my life. Yeah. And I had to be certain. So we went into therapy with a therapist. We had three or four sessions. And she said, why are you here? And I said to her, I want to know everything now that we need to know so that we don't get in issues later. Let's see what's out so there smart. right now. And we just let it all out. We laid it all on the table. Yeah. I'm still learning and growing. And so my healing journey definitely wasn't complete when I met you. But I think it was, let's take a look at the the bag of compost that we're each carrying to see if we can actually live with it. And yes. um, yeah, yeah, it was really wise, but there was that instantaneous, it was like a recognition. I just think it's really interesting that you guys felt comfortable enough to be so open, like go to therapy right away. Were you scared that what you had as baggage was going to scare her off? No, I, okay. I I didn't want to go through anything later. Like right. this is a big decision. I've been by myself for eight years. Yeah. So if I'm going to engage in another relationship, I want to know that this is not a revolving door. This is something I don't want to date. Yeah. I'm past that stage in my life. So uh, you were really set on like marriage? Was it when you met mom? When I met your mother, I think I'd given up on ever finding the person that I truly wanted to be with. So there was less pressure for you. There was no pressure. And um, I remember Jenny had a a definition in her mind of what her perfect man was. And and it's probably my physique 
those that know me. I'm oh, like for sure. Your six height. feet tall, really buff, <laughs> yeah. you know, probably like a lumberjack. I, I had an axe in my hand. And uh, yeah. she, conveyed, she, she conveyed that to me. And I said to her, well, you better go find someone like that because yeah. that's not me. Yeah. One thing is that we will go into relationships and then we try to change the people to yes. fit the image that's in our mind of what the perfect relationship is. Yes. And that uh, goes back to the first your, statement yeah. that I said, mm-hmm. don't look for the perfect relationship become the perfect relationship. Therefore, you're not looking for someone to complete you, right? You're not looking for someone to save you. You go in your strength. You're not going with a with a glass that's half empty. You have two full glasses coming together and you're sharing each other's drink of life. That's so beautiful. That. You're yeah. speaking about wholeness, which is a really big and important conversation. And I just want to circle back to you speaking about the ideal image that I had for who my life partner was going to be. And I had to really unpack my conditioning because I grew up with um, outdoorsy men, lumberjacks who wore plaid flannel jackets and shirts. And that was not Blair, you know, he was this patent leather shoed Italian outspoken guy. And I think that's also so important is, well, is to unpack your conditioning. Conditioning can be dangerous because it can familiarize abuse and dysfunction. For sure. And so I think that that really links to what you're speaking about in terms of wholeness is when you refer to doing the work. What did that look like for you? That meant I unpacked all of my baggage from being a child. Right. And the relationships that I entered into as a child. So when we start out in life, you know, we're empty vessels. And then we start, you say that we model for you uh, relationships. Well, you know, I had alcoholism in my family. Yeah. I had I had a lot of different things that were happening in, in my family. So I'm watching those as the model and then choosing how it's supposed to be. And that's not always true. Because it, you cannot define life by your family. Because if you've got a family that's dysfunctional, right. then you're going to go out there looking for more dysfunction to remind you of where you came from. Mm-hmm. Now... I had an incredible family. Yes, there was it's lots not, of love. It's it, tons of love. This, I'm not putting my family down. We're talking about relationships and healthy relationships. So I just want your opinion on this. When you speak about wholeness, for me as a youth, and not a lot of people that I interact with have yet reached that ability of feeling completely whole within themselves. It's not a paradigm that's discussed in our society. No, for sure not. And I'm wouldn't say that I'm whole either. I work on it constantly, but I still have issues. So I think that sometimes my tendency, it kind of depends. Dad and I were talking about this where he said, like, I don't want you to go into a relationship feeling like you need to fix the other person. And so I feel like that ties into wholeness because do you think that works? Like if you find yourself in a relationship, someone, the other person's struggling and then you're fixing them do you think 
that there's a possibility that it turns into a functional relationship or will that just end in dependence? That's a very good question. Um, if two people go into therapy together, okay, then the relationship has a good chance of surviving. Okay. If you're the only one doing the fixing yeah, and the other person isn't doing any exploring about who they are, right. then you're saving. And when you save people, you disempower them. And when you disempower them, then you, you have a relationship with someone that is not whole in themselves. Right. So you're just going to continue to fix that person throughout your relationship and eventually resent them. Right? That's huh. what happens, right? Okay. We start... We go into this relationship if we're codependent, and okay. that's another topic. Yeah. And we want to help people. We want to fix them. Yeah. And then when it, 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 we may get them through that one little phase of their life, and the next phase comes up, and you and you rush in with your saving uh, persona. Yeah. And then eventually you start resenting the person. Yeah. That you're always fixing the situation. Right. So I like giving anything in return. Yeah. You're like, I I help your mother. Right. I'm not saving her. No. Right. Like I will give her her walk her own journey. Yeah. I I give her advice and then, you know, she can do what she wants with the advice. And why I think my relationship works with Jenny is because she is on, she's on a growth path all the time. Right. Right. And she doesn't blame. Mm Mm-hmm. She doesn't say you did this or like, this is your fault. It's being willing to be vulnerable, being willing to expand your mind Mm -hmm. and being willing, if needed, to go into therapy. And a lot of people I see as clients, I will have the husband or the wife come in and sometimes it's very hard to get both to come in and I will tell them, I only can help you I can't help the relationship unless the other person is here with you. And I think it's worth saying that therapy doesn't have to happen together, especially if someone has childhood wounds. That's not really the partner's job. So there is couples counseling, but then there's the independent work that I think people could be doing. So they could each have their own therapist, but they don't necessarily have to be doing Couples therapy. Exactly. I think that's, that's, that's a good worth point. saying. Yeah. I've spoken to with Sophia many times. That, yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine gave me on a piece of paper. Yeah. A I saying. love this so much. Mm. And the saying was, and I carried it in my pocket for eight years, and it said, if on the path you do not find your equal, it is better to travel alone, for there's no fellowship with fools. Buddha. And that's what I believed, right? It's not about trying to find someone to complete me. It's not about settling. And many people said to me, you're going to be alone. You're too fussy. You're going to be alone for the rest of your life. (laughs) And (laughs) and that's okay because you know what's interesting? You're born alone, Mm. right? You die alone. And then we create this fear of, of being alone. Right. So I don't want to be with someone just to be with someone. I want to be with someone as I am with everybody in this family and the friends I have in my life where we are giving and taking. And it doesn't mean we don't have arguments. 
I think a few podcasts earlier, Jenny said, we're really good at recovery. And that's because we do the work, mm-hmm. right? There's times I leave this house, I am so angry. Right? I'm done. I'm not doing this. I and then by the time I get back, because I'm doing a walk, just let go into the universe, you know, Jenny's usually standing at the top of the stairs and, and say, you know, and she's inviting. And then we simply say what happened between each other and then we go on. Yeah, we don't hold on. So I think what we're saying here is that we need to be given the skills. Yes. And what I'd like to do is come back over a number of sessions. Yes. Talking about the skills that are needed in order to maintain a healthy relationship and even more important, attract healthy relationships. Yeah, I think this is a great introductory and... While life is short, it's also long. It is also long. It's also long. And so you don't want to just jump in and then all of a sudden, you know, you're bound by mortgage and marriage and all those things with someone that isn't totally aligned. So I think it's one of the most important conversations that we could be having. And uh, and I think Blair and I, do have a degree of expertise because we've we've come together with a lot of work that we had to do and that we continue to do. And you see it and we do the yeah. work together as a family. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we're definitely whips. Works in progress. Okay. So just to finish up this mini introduction on relationships, we are actually turning this into a mini series, which I'm very excited about. And it's going to have three main topics. So mom and I camp with these together. And the very first one is going to be the law of attraction. So this is really going to encompass who you're attracting into your life. Who do you really want? Also recognizing red flags. Mom has a lot of experience with this as well. Intention setting. Yeah. And she's really good at it. So learning to recognize when you're off base. Right. Exactly. And then after that, we're going to speak about the qualities of a functional relationship uh, versus a dysfunctional relationship. And so this is really interesting for me. I love diving deep into like what can be dysfunctional in my eyes, maybe not in your eyes and vice versa. It's so dependent on what we're familiar with. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we're just going to speak about recovery and repair, which mom and dad do really, really well together. And I think you guys have really kind of developed a winning formula for that. So we're going to share what that is, their secrets to working through hardship. Mm -hmm. And Blair, you know, he did say that relationships are hard work, but you do, if you stick with it, you eventually get to a place of co-creation and we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. So I am so excited about these next few podcasts. Yeah, me too. You're just really going to gain a lot and everyone is in a relationship with someone. Yeah. So everyone can benefit from these tips and strategies that we have gained through our lived experience. Mm -hmm. I agree. We'll be back, guys. Stay tuned. Looking forward to it. Alrighty, everyone. Thanks for joining us. 